Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Live from the Nerds. It's Saturday night. I, that's like they come with like the horns. With Mimi Hayes. And then they're like, oh, me? Hi. That was more like and it. And Joe Borges. Skittle up, 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 do. What are you doing on the streets of New York? Boom, intro done. Oh, if I'm in New York, I'm eating a pizza or a giant pretzel. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Neuro nerds. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Now, every single week, I say this: the running theme, very special episode. I not that I never mean it. I always mean it. This is an absolute special episode because I have with me in studio. The Mimi Hayes. Mimi! Hello. Hi, Joe. Hey, buddy. How crazy is it that like you're actually here? I'm having an out-of-body experience. So here's what's really cool. You're actually here, but you're not just like, hey, I'm in town. Like, you live here. I live here. Which is just pretty amazing. Like, it makes me really, really happy. I've said this like a million times. Like, when you moved here, people were so happy for me. Uh-huh. Not even you. Yeah. They're no. just like, oh, my God, Joe, this is great. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's really cool. Nobody cares about you. <laughs> they really <laughs> didn't. No one was like, hey, are you, are you, do you need anything? Are you good? No. They're like, no, hey, Joe, Joe's uh, uh, Mimi is there. Everything is fine. So Mimi Hayes. Yes, Joe Borges. Author, comedian, writer, hilarious human being, stroke survivor. Yeah. That's a pretty good intro. I think yeah, like, that kind of describes all the things. So what are we going to be talking about today, Mimi Hayes? I thought that we should discuss how funny it is. 
I know it's, it's such a it's so weird that that's the intro of the next line you're uh-huh. gonna say. It's how funny it is when you have a brain injury, and just, we never talk about it, do we, Joe? Just the just the punchlines, just the ripe comedic opportunities that a brain injury brings you. Look, I've said this a million times: brain injury equals comedy gold. Yeah, for sure. Look. A lot of a lot of people aren't very comfortable in the fact that we joke the way that we do about our brain injuries. That's cool for them, right? Like it's not. It, they, look, we process a certain way. We do things a certain way. We can be, oh, woe is me, everything sucks, or you can be like, yeah, it really does suck, but I don't want everything doesn't suck. So like, let's try to focus on the things that make us happy and smile. You and I are very similar in we laugh at the most inappropriate things. Mm -hmm. We think the most horrific things in the world are funny because something's severely wrong with us. And I think this is before the brain injury. Correct. Yeah. So they just kind of like enhanced everything after the brain injury. So the way that me, I can't speak for you. I can, but I'll be rude. The way I process things the best is through humor. Because I think if you smile and laugh more than you frown and cry, Life is a lot better that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a choice. A lot of people, no, 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 you don't understand. My brain injury was horrific and I can't do this. I can't. And yeah, that sucks. You know, we all have our traumas. We can't compare them. I still say it's a choice. It's a choice to either focus on how horrific things are or you can focus on the fact that you're here. And that's pretty amazing. So that's what mm-hmm. I choose to do. Mm-hmm. And I do it through a lot of inappropriate jokes. Well, what I think is interesting is that both of those things you said can be true, right? It can be, it can be really hard. It can really suck. And you can go, ha, that was uh, priceless. And I'm never going to see the world in it. Wow. (laughs) Could you hear that? I cannot only hear it. I can see it. Well, yeah, but you know, nobody knew. Nobody knew what was happening. Do you want some more of that drink, Joe? I'm very before thirsty. I so, continue. So I have a protein shake and I was drinking it really quietly, but I forgot it has like the blender ball on oh, the inside I, yeah. and it shifted back down and made that noise. I'm, I'm just so sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> also the truth was I was getting distracted and I was like, I am supposed to be saying something important. And now I'm watching Joe drink a beverage. Look, how beautiful is that process, though? So I was watching Colbert last night. Big fan of the show. Um, the Late Late Show? Late mm-hmm. Show? It was a show and it's late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he talked about uh, Kimmel having COVID, right? And then he spoke about himself having COVID twice. And he was talking to the band member and he said something uh, and he said it twice. And he was like, oh, and some, some, something. I said that twice, didn't I? I saw in his face, I saw in his eyes, he literally got lost because mm-hmm. he was mentioning the COVID fog and the and the fatigue and he did what I do. And I don't know if you do the same where just right now you were talking and I'm going in a straight line. This is um, my destination is right there. And then, oh, squirrel. And you get completely lost. Forget everything. So what I've learned to do is I've learned to continue to talk. What, I'll talk through it. And I'm like, yeah, and so and so and this and that. And I'm kind of like curving around and I'm like, oh, I remember what it is. I'm back on track and I'm right back mm. in. Colbert did that. He was talking about something and I can see the little hamster wheel going, trying to figure out, wait, where was I? Okay, I got it. And then he jumped right back in. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. People don't realize they take for granted like that your thoughts can move in a linear way. Right. You know, like that is something that is uh, to me is 
hysterical when I do comedy. And I'm like, how'd I get over there, you guys? Like, I was going to tell this joke and I said something else. And now I'm confused and I'm going to keep going. And we may not get back to the original thought ever, ever. Do you acknowledge it when you're on stage? Good. Constantly. Good. I think that's good. Yeah. With my aphasia, like something I just gave up on, Mm -hmm. I would say probably a couple years into doing stand up was that I was going to say what I planned. And I just gave that up. I was like, I'm probably not going to say what I planned. And so I'm going to try to. But if I don't, I'm going to cut myself some slack. And I think one of one of the favorite times I did it was at my book launch. And I was talking about New York City. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, the rats and all this stuff. But the uh," and then I kind of stop and I go, I was going to call it the Eiffel Tower, but that's not that's not in New York. You know what it's called? It's called the. uh, Empire State Building, but I, I in my head said Eiffel Tower, you know. So that's a very small example, but like I don't get hard. I'm not wow. I don't get hard on myself. <laughs> Jeez, you animal. Um, I know I'm not hard on myself for things like that because it's I can't control it. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think people just appreciate the honesty and the vulnerability and being like, listen, my brain doesn't work right. And I, I I'm going to be that. up here doing this anyway. I know. I agree with that. I think being authentic and actually acknowledging it, it kind of takes the power away from like the chaos that it like we feel when it happens. And I think running from it enhances that chaos and that stress and that anxiety that I, I had it before. I was really embarrassed about things. I forget because I forget things all the time first time it happened i was it was with a friend of ours um uh, our friend ozzy he worked for avid one of our sponsors um and (laughs) we were at dinner early on it was like one of my first dinners like out and we were talking about something i said something twice like i was like oh so i asked a question and then i asked apparently i asked it again like within like a minute or so and he's looking at me and he's like wait are you serious you just asked that I felt so small. Mm-hmm. I felt so dumb. I, I was like, oh, oh. And I just kind of like just shame. It's completely guilt. I went into a completely different thing to kind of shield the fact that I just felt hor. I felt like disappearing. I felt like what, what just because this never happened to me in life, mm-hmm. you know, and just to look at somebody looking at me like like confused. Like, wait a minute. Wait, are you serious? Because you just you just asked that. And I'm like, am I serious? Did I just that? Like, it was mm-hmm. so everything that went through my mind at that moment was like chaos and it was like crazy. It was hard to explain. So. I was really embarrassed, but I learned through days and weeks of doing that. This is just what it's going to be for now. It's going to be really bad. And I have to kind of accept it or I'm going to drive myself crazy. So right. like I learned to kind of just shit. There I went again. Yeah. There's there's a thought. It's gone. Yeah. Sucks. Right. And I think that the, the timing thing is also a part of this discussion. Like mm-hmm. when you're able to laugh at yourself or things that have happened to you. And I think you can control that to some degree. You For could sure. say, all right, uh, it's a choice I'm making. I, I can make this choice now. I can make it later. Um, but I was teaching a class the other day and I was kind of asking people to start the class. Like, let's talk about some funny things that have happened to you during your brain injury recovery. That could be as small as like, oh, you know, my gown didn't close and my, you know, what was out and aha, that was funny. Or like this, you know, just turning something on its head, something very serious that now you're like, oh yeah. And at first 
a lot of the people in the class like struggled with that prompt. They're they're not they're like, what do you mean? How am I supposed to find the humor in this? Like, right? It's not it's funny. Not funny. And then, so I, then I felt kind of shameful for being like, let's make it funny. <laughs> they're like, no, you freaking clown. Like, no, it's not funny. And I'm like, but that's not true to me. That's not true. Um, there is something funny. And I also kind of proved to them that there, once I was giving them examples, mm-hmm. once I was giving them a template and I was like, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Right. I mean, I trip on a curb and I say to my friends, were you looking for the curb? Because I found it for you. And side note, brilliant. That was so fun. That's actually brilliant. I couldn't see you guys. I couldn't see. I couldn't walk. I had to be walked around the block by my friends. I had lost 20 pounds and functionality in half my body. That is not funny. Nobody thinks that's funny. But the fact that I chose in that moment to do that showed me that I was actually struggling with that idea that I couldn't walk. I was very frustrated and no one's denying that me making fun of that Mm -hmm. is not denying that I was struggling with that, but it's what I'm choosing to focus on now. And when I tell that story, do I approach muscles because I'm tired. Uh, (laughs) You know, is it in the choices that I make to tell that story? Am I going to choose to say, yeah, I was really sad. I couldn't walk. And I was, I was really, you know, I almost died and it was really scary. Or I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? I lost 20 pounds. I was very skinny. It's called the brain injury diet. I would really recommend it. Not that I want you to have your head explode, but man, was I skinny. Whoa, looking good. Um, so it's like, yeah, behind that, there's real pain. Right. There is real pain. And I don't recommend like totally blasting through that and not right. paying attention to those feelings. Right. You do have to deal with those feelings at some point. Yeah, exactly. You just don't have to get stuck there. You know, uh, what's the phrase I've been hearing a lot? Just don't unpack and live there. And a lot of us in the community unpack and live there. And they're just like constantly just stuck in that mindset. Instead of like looking forward, they're just looking back at, you know, what, what they've lost, what they've been through, which is like, yes, we're supposed to think we're supposed to process these things. We're supposed to feel all these feelings. We're not supposed to get stuck there. We're supposed to process them so we can move forward. Mm -hmm. So we can look forward as opposed to just looking behind us, which I I don't want to do. I want to go back to something real quick. You mentioned your aphasia. I didn't know you had aphasia. I had no idea. Mm. I I didn't at all. So for, for our entire first huge chunk of our friendship, I had no idea what your deficits were. Mm-hmm. Or even if you had deficits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I knew certain things like like stimulation. That's how we became friends. I didn't know you had aphasia until we actually met. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. We were, we were in person and there was a moment where you, you, you lost something and you just like you lost the words. And I was looking at you and I was like, oh, shit, Mimi has a brain injury. <laughs> you, like me, present so fucking well. Mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible if you didn't notice these little things you wouldn't know that you had a brain injury you know what i mean yeah it was a shock to me like it took me back i was like oh my god yeah 
you have a brain injury. I, it's not that I forget. I just think that in our dynamic, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the one with all the issues. That's not true. You know, you I don't know if you do it on purpose. You 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 present amazingly well. Do you do it on purpose? Um, do I do anything on purpose? <laughs> um, hum, that's a great question. I don't know. I think for a long time I tried to like not be brain injured. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd that work out for you? It, not well. No, no, no. Um, especially like the year, like the year after it happened when I was like out of rehab and I was back to teaching. Oh, that weird transition where you went into teaching way I too went, fast. I went back into life at just mock speed and I was just like out of control and I just did not want that to be my story. I didn't even think it was my story. I right. mean, yes, I was writing a book, but I was like, this isn't like my thing though. You know, like I'm not really into it because it was really hard. Yeah. And, but also it was hard because I was resisting it. And I wasn't allowing myself to go on stage and to forget a word. I was so well rehearsed when I first started doing stand up. That sounds like way too much pressure, especially early on. Yeah. And it wasn't great. You know, like, I mean, it, it, it was something. I did something up there. Mm-hmm. I think a few people laughed at some point in time, but, you know, like it wasn't anything close to the authentic version of me that you, you can talk to me like this and I can make you laugh in person and right. I can also get on stage and do it mm-hmm. and make you feel like that's the same person, which sometimes it's not for some people. Like there'll be a very serious, which maybe that's part of their, I don't want to get into a whole like comedy pedagogy here, but you know, like <laughs> that could be a tactic that people use and that's fine. But I want to be able to be myself on stage. And if that mm-hmm. means that I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to say or I get distracted or I lose my train of thought. And I literally built that into my one woman show because mm-hmm. I was like, I can't not, I can't be on stage for an hour by myself and not derail myself. So I just made it a part of the show. And every single time I would derail myself in a different way, I'd be like, what a fun journey we're on. Like, you know, and I literally didn't know where we were going to go because sometimes I would lose my place or I would forget what the next part of the show was. And I could find it sometimes or I would pull out my script and be like, don't judge me. I have a brain injury. prick." You know, like that's amazing. And I would just use it on stage until I, I had done it enough times that I didn't necessarily need to. It's also I think that's great occupational therapy. Like, I kind of think True. you doing that helped reconnect certain neurons. You're pushing yourself. You're that's a, that is fucking amazing. I, it is amazing. Yeah. It is like the the fact that I could be on stage for an hour by myself and do the kind of stuff that I do on stage. Right. It's not even like I'm standing up there no. or sitting. I am an acrobat. OK, I am jumping around throwing my body on the stage on and off a chair when for an you say hour like a one woman show you put on a show it's not just you sitting there on a stool it's not you do, just you standing there with a microphone you are very animated and you are literally everywhere you must be exhausted after I a am. show i sweat entirely through everything well that's because you're a sweaty mess i am a sweaty mess yeah we we established Bless that the other mess. day mimi is a, a sweaty human being <laughs> Very slippery. Uh, <laughs> she's like a brain. In, she's, like, she's, like a, she's like a brain injured slug. Who knew? <laughs> oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. But that is who I am. You know, like I am chaos, well, and like I embrace that. You the know? the fact that you can just be a comedian after your brain injury is a lot. You transition from being a teacher to a comedian. I think that is. Actually, if you chose to be a teacher, I actually think that's hilarious. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> but I was like, let watch me change some kids lives. 
watch me. But you know what I did? That's the I'm thing sure. that's crazy is like, anyway, I did. Well, I'll tell you what's a shame. A shame, the shame is that you had your brain injury because you actually would have impacted so many people and changed the future. That's mm-hmm. a shame. Here's the bright side. You're actually doing the exact same thing just for our community. So I'm selfish. It's a shame for like the normies. But for mm-hmm. our community, I think it's beautiful because you're showing so many people in the community. Hey, look, look what you can do. Mm-hmm. You can travel the world and do the thing that you love to do, which is true. Mimi has done this. She's doing it again really soon. She's going to Edinburgh and she's going to be performing her one woman show, which is amazing. You can write your story. You can tell your story. You can get up on stage. You can, you know, run groups and share your story like you can do amazing things. You have done so much for this community. I'm very appreciative of you, by the way. Sucks for these dumbass kids. But that's their problem. <laughs> I'm selfish. I'm happy you're here. No. I'm happy you had a brain injury. Not. But I'm very thankful that you had your brain injury so we could meet and the fact that you're changing so many people's lives. I think it's beautiful. Well, I think that goes back to how you see things. You know, I could see that as a real, I could see that as that is the, and it was for me, it was really sad when I couldn't teach for a while. Right. Because that was all that I wanted to do with my life. And that was your passion? That was my passion. Wow. Yeah, wow. I know. Crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. It doesn't. But it when you see me teach, it does. Like, and as a person. No, I'll tell you why it doesn't make any sense. The age of the children you were teaching. Oh, they were I like mean, little adults. Yeah, they were. That made no teenagers. sense to me. Yeah, well, I I wanted to have real conversations. I wanted you can have to have real conversations drop. with children. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that, that's. <laughs> Look, have oh, you child lately no 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 no. fuck them kids no no (laughs) no i i i really like i was i wanted to be a teacher and that was what i wanted to do but also i had closeted myself as an actor Mm -hmm. which was also kind of part of how i started getting on stage and realizing oh i could be a comedian and that seemed like less stakes than trying to be an actor per se it's so wild how you were that's how you came up with it. Right. Yeah. That that's that hurts my brain even thinking about that. Does that even make sense? I mean, wait, what hurts your brain? Hey, I was an actor, teacher. I could get up on stage and make people laugh. What? I don't know. I mean, I've always been a performer, right? So right. I've always done theater, but theater doesn't necessarily mean laughs. No, it doesn't. No, I I like being dramatic. Right. Well, yeah, you're going to be a 16 year old, 16 year old's mom. Play a, a teen mom. That's so weird. That just, <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to get it. Anyway, because you look um, like it looks like you're, you're 12. That's I why. Am 12. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. Because you look like 11 with your haircut. You you look slightly older. Hence 12. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I think it was a it was a privilege to be able to teach and to stretch myself in that way, and then to realize that it was okay for me to leave and to go right. and pursue something else that I wanted to, and that I had. There, I wasn't late. You know, there was plenty of time for me to go right. and do these things, even though I didn't always believe that when I kind of got on stage and stuff. I'm like, oh, I could have been like, you know, I could have been doing this earlier or whatever. But I got to the point where I was like, no, I, I arrived just on time when I was supposed to. I, I, I like I like that because I think the could have it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. What changes anything when you're like, man, I could you you could have, but you didn't. So. Is that changing anything? Is it getting you closer to your goal or whatever? Is it helping you figure anything out? No. So let's stop doing that. Like, let's just move forward as best we can. Acknowledge, hey, man, maybe I could have done this earlier. Cool. But I didn't. 
And now I'm doing this, you know, I think too many people, again, just get stuck and it's what you choose to do. You could choose to like keep on questioning the decisions you made, or you can be like, Hey, this is what this is. And I'm going to run with it. Like you did. You mm-hmm. literally just had a shitty hand dealt to you. And you were like, you know what? I'm going to make lemonade out of the shitty hand. Somehow I mix cards and drinks. You did that. <laughs> you're like, I'm, Jokes on you brain. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a one woman show. I'm going to be a stand up comedian. I'm going to perform for like thousands of people. I'm going to travel the world perform. Like, it's just amazing. Like if you really think about it, cause I know you get in your head sometimes it fucking drives me crazy. You have done such amazing things. Sometimes you just need to say it out loud, right? Mm-hmm. If you're bummed out that, Oh, I maybe haven't done this thing or I want to do this thing. It's like, look at what you have done. You are a successful author. You're a successful speaker. You have run so many support groups and helped so many people in the community. On top of that, strangers, you have performed for countless strangers and made them laugh, made their days better and performed your one woman show overseas. Like if you just say that, that's crazy. There are so many people who would just want to do one of those things and you've done it all. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you're like life goals to so many people. So I say that because so many of us out there don't really, well, ah, can I do this? You can. You can absolutely do this. We can do hard things. Yeah. And we can do them while smiling and laughing and making fun of the horrific things that happen to that us. That is literally the how it happened. Like that, all the things you just said about me that are very mm-hmm. true and very impressive. And thank you. Uh, <laughs> that all started because, I, you know, I thought I was dying and a friend said, because I was laughing about it to her mm-hmm. as she was dragging me down the block because I couldn't walk. And I was like, ah, there's the curve. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, ah, and she's like, uh, well, um, I don't know why you're laughing, but hey, this is pretty crazy. Maybe you should write a book about this. Oh. And that was how we all, that's we, um, that's how I started this was just finding opportunities to laugh at what was decidedly not funny right and so i would say to anybody like find those opportunities right now you've had things that have happened to you already in the past you have things happening to you right now that you can take advantage of in whatever way it doesn't mean you need to go on stage like me and be crazy and make people laugh about it but you know if you are looking for a way to change your story like you have everything you need right now you got. You got to go. Uh, I I say it like almost every every episode now. You know, think the Joker. You know, I used to think my life was a tragedy. Turns out it's a comedy. Like really, if you think about certain things, it's funny. It's horrific, but it's funny. I forgot what comedian. It was one of the the, the big ones. It was it was like Chris Rock or you know Seinfeld or I think I'm pretty sure it was Chris Rock. He was talking about like a horrific thing that happens in the world, like the, the most horrible thing to happen in the world. He's like true comedians have jokes that moment. Mm-hmm. They don't say them then and there. They save them for when time passes and then they can joke about it. And it's a little bit easier for people to hear. But they're like, hey, we have those jokes immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a comedian. You have these jokes immediately after something horrific or horrible that happens to you. Mm-hmm. You, you I, I won't get into it with the people. You had a thing happen recently and all we've been doing is joking about yeah. it, you know, and we'll end when you s- <laughs> yes, that is not for this podcast, it, it, but it is it, funny <laughs> at all. You and I find it very funny. Yes. And, and I, well, I find it really, really funny. I've been fucking with you like nonstop. Not everybody would understand that mm-hmm. because I don't think they understand the humor in things that are dark, things that like are uncomfortable. You know, I don't want things. I don't want to be uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to go dark. So why not take the power away from this thing and joke about it? Okay. You know, that's that's where we go. So I want to hear your story, a story from you. Mm-hmm. That was funny, Joe, in your recovery that yeah. you think is just... LOL. Uh, I don't remember it, but I know. I know I'm, you have a lot of that. I, I a lot, but I do know, like from the stories that I hear, even on the verge of death, I'm hilarious. You are. Uh, I had. I was going in. Um. Uh. <laughs> I had uh, my brain drained. I had the shunt put in my head because, like, oh, the, the straw. The, yeah. The 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 blood was uh, swelling my brain, and I was like starting to de- apparently like this is these are the words that were said. You were deteriorating, so fun. fun. That's not fun. <laughs> um, they put this like mask on me to for me to breathe. Yeah, and immediately I started to do a Bane impression. Oh yeah. So they put a mask on me. And there's a video somewhere. I gotta find oh, it. Oh, you must. And, and it's like, nobody paid attention to me till I put on the mask, and I have this tube coming out of my head. So even on the verge of not being here and honestly, like not remembering any of it, I'm still hilarious. Heck yeah. Like I, I, I joke. I have not, I did not have the greatest upbringing. It's a lot of like a lot of trauma. I don't want to get stuck in that trauma. I want to laugh more than I cry. And I think I've cried enough in my lifetime. Right. So I choose to laugh at everything. Mm-hmm. I cry a lot. I still, honestly, I cry every single day. I people think I'm joking. I'm not joking. I literally legitimately cry every day of my life. Sometimes the sad cries. Sometimes it's like happy cries. Mm-hmm. You know, like man, it's so beautiful outside. Oh my god, my dog is so cute. Mm-hmm. And like I'll just do like like the, the the crying thing. But I try to laugh significantly more than I cry. You know, and and I think most things can be made fun of, mm-hmm. and not made fun of like in a bad way. Like you joke about it. It's like you you poke somebody, right? Yeah, I think you're in control of making that happen you right. know and calling myself dory like when i forget things oh you know i'm, I'm having a dory moment like where i can't uh-huh. remember anything uh-huh. inside it's it's so dark it's one of the most sensitive subjects like for me like my memory because it's hard and like I'll, I'll i'll cry if i don't do that so i take the power away from those feelings where i'll joke about it and be like you know i'm having one of those those moments I, I, brain injury moment mm-hmm. you know i'm the not not brain fart brain explosion and it, it's kind of like, you know, it lightens me. It makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that, like, I can't remember things because of brain injury. And it always goes back to, you know, thinking about, well, you had a brain injury. Well, what did that do? Oh, yeah, it almost killed you. Like, you almost died. That's mm-hmm. really serious. And that really kind of, like, shakes me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel shook. I've acknowledged it. I understand it. I've processed as much as I could. I don't want to get stuck in there, especially being a recovering Catholic. Like, I'll just be like, hey, let's live in this feeling yeah. of, like, peril and 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 fright and fear and darkness i don't want to do that so i choose to kind of joke mm-hmm. about it really inappropriately where people don't necessarily understand that it's yeah yeah no the processing part too i think that sometimes that can be delayed mm-hmm. um even not necessarily with seeing the humor in it but even just processing it in itself can take a while and I say that because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I made so many jokes during my, you know, rehab and the brain surgery and the few months that before it, before right. I even knew I was able to have a brain surgery, I was j- making so many jokes that I also wasn't really taking anything seriously. I wasn't um, dealing with anything. I wasn't processing anything. Fuck. And so that came around to bite me in the, you know what? And here's when it happened. It happens a lot, actually. 
But one of the first times I remember it hitting me was I'm on the subway in New York City and I'm reading uh, my book that I had just published that week. Oh, you arrogant woman. I love I it. I know. I just read my book. I'm like, wow, what is my book? <laughs> I'm showing the cover. I'm like, ooh, what am I reading? Ooh. Uh, I'm reading it because it's it's actually, it was nice to read it after I had it, you know. Damn good um, book. For the first time because I've. I'd read it so many times in so many different ways, but it was just different seeing the final, you know, produced product. Anyway, I'm reading it. No spoilers, but I got to this point in my book and I was like talking about how grateful I was that I was A, alive, B, that I could see with my eyeballs, that I could do anything after this brain injury and that, you know, here I was just on the subway using my eyes to read words that I wrote, you know, on a page. And that was not going to be possible for me in so many different ways. And I just started weeping openly on the subway, which is just, you know, part of the subway culture. So, you know, people just kept their heads down as I, you know, openly wept. And then I called my mom and I was like, mom, I can see. I can see. And I'm just crying, crying, crying. She's like, what do you mean you can see? I was like, I can see. But I was almost overwhelmed with that part of that process that my vision was so impacted and how grateful I am that I have very minor deficits now. I have some double vision in the corner of my left eye when I get really tired. When I read my phone, sometimes I have to close an eye. I can deal with that. Right. I can deal with that. What would my life have looked like if I had, I don't know, not been able to see after this injury? And well, how would that have changed how I live my life now? And so that kind of overwhelmed me when I started putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. And it just took me years and years to get to that point because I'd spent so long joking about it, writing about it in a funny way. You know, LOL, I see four eyes, you know, on this nurse, you know, as I was going through that. Yeah, it was terrifying. Your vision, you know, one of your senses being taken out like that and and changed is very disorienting. Um, But the fact that I was able to gain that functionality back for the most part, I was completely overwhelmed with gratitude and maybe some shame and guilt. But Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, I was just like, whoa, the fact that I can even do anything with my eyeballs is amazing. The the fact that you broke down in like happy tears and Mm -hmm. called your mom like a lunatic, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful moment. I think that's like a really important part of what we do. We joke. Yes. But we also process Mm -hmm. that's we. Yes, we can joke. We can deflect. And, you know, I think sometimes it's almost like covering up what the issue is. Right. As opposed to like feeling a direct on that's it's part of it. Part of it is taking the power away from whatever issue, like however thick emotionally this is. We also have the process, you know? Yeah, we do that. So it's a little bit easier to breathe. Yeah. But once we're able to breathe, then we really got to dig into this, you know? And I think you hit that point where you're like, wow, I can see. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know it seems so simple, right? I can see. Yeah. Okay. You can see. No, no, no. You almost weren't able to, mm-hmm. you know, and you start thinking about those things and it goes even deeper. I, I'm here. I almost wasn't, yep. you know, and you just fall down a little bit of that rabbit. You don't want to go too deep because then you're just going to be depressed. Well, and you, you know, you can allow yourself to dip into that, you know, like yeah. the fact that the toe. real fear, the real fear that, you know, one of my favorite jokes is that like, as I'm in the ER, I'm like, oh, you know, 
I tell this joke on stage all the time. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you you know what I'm about to say. Um, but I say, uh, what do I say? I say, uh, yeah, um, the nurse came in and she had just given me the MRI and she said, yeah, your brain is bleeding. And I don't know if I'm going to die in five days or five minutes, but I did not clear my browser history. (laughs) And I am so screwed. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after stroke? Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash the neuronerds. If you haven't heard of Modus Nova, they make devices to help folks with a brain injury like stroke regain the use of their affected limbs. For example, the Modus Hand is an AI-powered robotic exoskeleton that helps users do exercises and play games, similar to the way an occupational or a physical therapist might manipulate the limb. It helps survivors get into thousands of repetitions they need to form new neural pathways. It can assist with hand movements or resist them to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to learn more. Use special code the neuronerds when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Just visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to get started. Uh, and that's a joke, right? And now, was I really worried about my browser history? Yes. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that that creepy. Um just a couple of random, you know. Things like Google that would be of worry to people, but um, <laughs> that is a joke I tell on stage, and like it is, it is heavy because yeah. it's like I do think a lot about like what could or would happen, you know, after all that. And I was explaining that joke to somebody, or I was talking about it to somebody on a date of all places. Why? Because I'm an intimate, <laughs> sad cool. little sack. That, that, and... being, that being said, <laughs> how did that work out for you? Yeah, he's dead to me. But anyway. <laughs> I killed him. Um, no. So I was on a date and I was like, ta- I, he had seen, he had heard that joke right. that I told about the, you know, the uh, browser history. And as I was talking about it, I just started crying. Uh, you were, you were starting to process it. I was processing wow. and I was like, how am I still not over this shit? <laughs> but truly, like, I think this stuff stays with you forever. Yeah. And I think that you have, you do have a choice mm-hmm. in when and where you can process things or go, hey, I'm not ready for that yet. So I'm going to joke about it. Right. And then we'll loop back around, put a pin in it, you know, yeah. like, I think it's really important to be reflective of what you're going through. And you don't always have that luxury when you're going through trauma. Right. Um, for me, I because I apparently am a writer, I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> I wasn't before, I swear to God, I was not before my brain injury. Um, but that was how I processed a lot of the stuff during was I was just writing about all this stuff um, and trying to make some sense of what was happening. And then kind of later found out that that was going to be how I processed a lot of those events right you, through reading that rereading it telling those stories on stages right. you know like coming through it on the other side but writing may not be your thing that's okay but you, you just gotta, gotta figure have, out your thing yeah some way to kind of collect your experiences right. kind of you don't always have to go through them all but it's like just have them as a in a place also i was recording myself on video with my kindle fire that Ooh. has a little uh, camera on it front Ooh. facing uh but i was in the hospital and i was like recording anything that i was doing in there mm-hmm. like 
running. Oh, my favorite video is me um, in the wheelchair. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. And yes, I, I, I have. Pop, That's not I my favorite. Oh, I know what your favorite is. Yes. Yeah. But I'm popping a little wheelie and I'm like trying to like do like Tokyo <laughs> Drift with my little wheelchair. And then I like run into a trash can. Priceless. Amazing. But I was trying to process. Like I right. set that thing up and I was like, let me let me do this. And the one that you love. Tell me about it, Joe. Oh, What's my God. You, you dancing makes me so happy because I know the way you move now. And it just reminds me of how far you've come. You could barely stand and you were shaking mm-hmm. your tiny little ass because you were so frail. Mm-hmm. Like, really, I think a strong gust of wind would have not. If you sne- if you sneezed, you would have fallen down. Mm-hmm. You were so frail, but you were Taylor Swifting that ass. <laughs> yeah. You were shaking it off and you were just moving. And all I th- and I remember I, I sp- oh, my God, I almost fuck. I'm going to cry. God damn it. Let it go. I'm here. Joseph Borges, do not hide your face behind that microphone. I love you. It was a really hard time. And I'm so thankful I ran into you because I didn't know how to process this stuff. And oh, first off, when we first connected with the headphones things, because I felt like a little abnormal. Mm-hmm. I felt like, why do I need these things in all the time? Like it's it's there's something wrong with me. You helped me normalize that. And like I love that. I'll never ever forget that. I felt like bonded and connected to somebody. Mm-hmm. When you were shaking your tiny little frail ass, all I was thinking is, wow, I want to be able to j- enjoy life like that because mm-hmm. I don't think I had, you know. And I was remember this is still really early in my recovery, where you know for thirty plus years of my life, I just existed. I didn't live, you know. And then I just see you just hanging physically hanging on by a thread and your big smile and just like shaking in these little teeny tiny shorts because everything about you is teeny tiny and, and just groove and i was like man i like that was like goals like i want to be able to like smile and genuine because you were it was the the genuine nature of everything that you did mm-hmm. and i love that and i just remember like i i want to be able to do that you know and we start talking more we start laughing more and i was like yeah it, it helped me so much like it's I fuck. I didn't realize how impactful that was. It was very Which impactful. Is so insane because I remember that day, and I was excited because I was like, I can move a little bit, like a little bit. And they had been very clear with me what I was and was not allowed to do. Right, you were not allowed to do that. I was not. No, the way anything. you moved, I understand why. <laughs> Um, and I was breaking all kinds of rules, which I felt very, I don't like hurting people and their feelings. So anything, you know, upsetting anybody in the rehab about like using my walker instead of my wheelchair, I felt shame and guilt and was crying all over the place. But I remember being like, I just want to dance. And I think that that song had maybe like come out recently. Like I know it it was, it was recently. Right. And I was like, yeah, I just kind of feel like dancing. And I was like, well, I don't think the next, you know, rehab session is for another hour. So why don't I just put on some, some songs and dance. And I can't tell you how often I watched that video. It was like, cause it brought me a lot of joy. And I do remember, I was like, why does she look like she's hiding from somebody? You kind of looked. I was like, they're going to come in. They're going to be like, and I'm going to be like, yep, I am Taylor Swifting. Uh-huh. You I kinda, know I'm not allowed. You, yes. you kind of like look like, all right, if somebody comes in, I got to run. Like it really looked like you were going to get in trouble for something. Yeah. You know? And I, I was. But, but I, I love that. And, and, and it's, I think it helped like me just be bonded to you even before like we connected, connected. I was like, man, this chick is amazing. Like I really, this is why I said, look, the things that we do on social media, 
they they have far reach. We don't really understand how many people like watch us. I'll say it in a creepy Speak way. Speak for yourself, Mr. Viral TikTok. I saw you today. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh my god, it's doing really well. Yeah, you popped off. Yeah, I did. That sounds it's like porn. Please don't say that. <laughs> Like Joe popped off. I was like, on who? Like, oh, is, is it in public? It's so weird. Yeah, no, look, I, I sincerely want to help. And that's helping people. You know, it's it's another platform for me to show off some of my idiocy. Oh, you said something earlier. And I just want to it's it sounds frightening maybe to some people. You know, mm-hmm. this stuff is going to be around. It It is. And we're not saying that to be like doomsday. Like, oh, it's never going to go away. It might not. That's OK. That's OK. You know what I mean? Like just because this thing is here, it doesn't mean it has to consume your life. It doesn't mean it has to change your life. You know, you can just move on with your life knowing that, hey, this might pop up every once in a while. You know, if you have <laughs> if you have seasonal depression, you know, hey, the season's changing. I might be a little bit depressed. Right. It's it doesn't have to change your life. You just understand, hey, I might have to be around certain people at certain times. I might have to do certain things to change my the way that I feel. If um, you're allergic to things come springtime. Sorry, you're fucked. You just know that if I go outside, I'm going to need Claritin. I'm like this. These things that hang around us, they don't have to ruin our lives. They could just be a part of it. They don't even have to be a loud part. They just have to be acknowledged. And then we can move on with the fun part. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to get fixated and, and, and stuck in that part. We can talk about like, you know, dancing and running away and from to nurses, be able to dance. You know, it's something that I never. And that was a strange thing for me, too, because. I think I'd always wanted to be like a dancer Mm -hmm. of sorts. And I loved, so you think you can dance. And I just like loved it. And I was like, oh, I should have like maybe done that instead of committed 10 years of my life to competitive ice hockey. But anyway, (laughs) I was good. I was good. That's so weird. That's so weird. I know. It's about a lifetime. Mimi, were you? I was very athletic at one point in my life. The puck? You're so little. (laughs) You're so little. But I wanted to dance. And I don't know what it was about, you know, the brain injury or, or just because it was so physical for me in nature. Right. It was right. a lot of my physical things were um, atrophying and not working. And right. I had to relearn how to do every single thing with my body again. And so like the second that anything was like, oh, I can do. Wow. Let's see what I can do, which is and I acknowledge now, you know, here's this like I will never be a professional dancer and that's OK because I'll get too dizzy. It won't work oh. for me. Spins, spins. I, I, I know what you could do. You could be a professional crumper. You could just crump. <laughs> yeah, I think you should practice crumping. But a couple of years after my injury, I went to this. It was called halftime jazz class. Oh, Jesus, that sounds I, awful. I thought it was like at half speed, halftime. I was like, great. It's a slow kind of contemporary dance class, which I really like contemporary. Um, so I was like, great. I get there. No, 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 no. It is halftime, like a halftime show, like the Dallas Cowboys, like (laughs) really fast paced, beautiful women are in this class and they are jumping and spinning and kicking. And I am brain injured and I take a single spin and I fall over and I'm like, ha. But instead of being like, I'm a piece of shit for that. I was like, wow, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm making y'all look really good out there. Yeah, I'm fine. No, no, no. I'm the I'm the comedic element of this display. Okay, and I owned it that I was bad at dancing because right. I don't have the same kind of coordination I used to. Right. I I have vestibular, you know, lots of spinning stuff. Can't do co- uh, coaster wheels, roller coasters. Wow, that's what it is. Yeah, well, roller coasters have roller coaster wheels. Thank you. I can't do. Anything like that? No, no, oh, no. Oh man, you can't do the teacups I, at Disneyland. No, I will 
I will die on a teacup ride. That oh, was my, man. I was a teacup ride for many months of my recovery. I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm at peace with that, you right. know, and I can make jokes about that because I've come to terms that I won't be able to do that anymore. Right. And instead of being like, Oh, it sucks so bad. <gasps> oh, what was yeah. Me? You know, it does, but you know what? It's fine. Like where, I have other where, things to do. Where does the, Oh, what was me get you? Where it's, does it get me? Yes. It's not good. I don't think it's getting you anywhere. You know oh. what, what gets you somewhere? Yeah, I can't do that. that but was you know a what? Rhetorical I, question. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I can do? Yeah, I can do A, B, and C. Just because you can't do that one thing does not mean you can't do all these other amazing things. You know? Exactly. Now, I you know what I would love to hear more? All of the amazing things you can do, mm-hmm. as opposed to the things you can't. You know what you can do? You can perform stand up, and I love watching that. And I think it's amazing. I don't miss you doing spins and dancing. I don't. I've never really seen you do it. I don't miss it at all. You mm-hmm. know, you know what I, I love to to watch you do? I love to watch you get up on stage and perform your one woman show. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I love to watch you at the dog park, <laughs> be the only weirdo at a dog park without a dog mm-hmm. and film all these things with your little dogs. These are things you can do. And that's why I think we should all do focus on the things we can do. Because life is beautiful. Just because we can't do something does not mean life sucks. It doesn't. It's it's pretty amazing. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the NeuroNerds are here to help. Join our hashtag YouSoRock Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash YouSoRock to connect with other survivors like you. Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at JoeSoRocks.com slash YouSoRock. And submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them. And remember... You, you so rock. rock. <laughs> and maybe you weren't meant to do that forever. Right. If that's and I know that's hard to see, right, in the moment if that was your real true love. Right. If you would have told a past version of me when I was playing ice hockey that I couldn't play anymore, mm-hmm. I would have been like, Whoa, oh my God, what happened? Like I would have been distraught. Right. Oh, yeah, ice is life. Yeah, it was life. I, I wanted to be in the Olympics, bro. I was like, I am an Olympian, even though I am not tall enough to do that. I want to do it. Um, so if you would have told me back that words back, what, 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 do what? I'm really tired today. This is a fun recording. Well, you haven't slept in like two weeks. <laughs> also, did they give you a hockey stick or they just give you a ruler? <laughs> Get it? Because you're little. The worst. You're the worst. Do you have you gone back on the ice? Um, immediately after brain surgery, you, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did because it was a family. It was a family hockey night. Oh, I had no just, idea that your family hated you. No, it was just a chill. They're like, everyone's gonna get on on the ice, and me, all my siblings, like my cousins, like everyone who plays, we all got on the ice, and I tried one little butterfly slide with my little leggies. And my muscles were like, what is that? (laughs) No. I mean, it's straight up. My muscle memory was gone. I used to do very competitive ice hockey. I could not do those things anymore. A puck came to my head and I was like, that's it. We're done. Bye bye. Bye, everyone. No, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to get the ice now. I am so uncomfortable with all of this. I mean, it wasn't like someone was aiming for my head. It just doesn't matter. It happens. You're also weak. On skates, on ice, that's very hard. Yeah. Even though you have a helmet on, you also have brain injury. And yeah, 
a lot of heavy things strapped to me. Yes. Yeah, no, it was, I'm mad impressive. Like the fact that I could even do that <laughs> and that I even was like, didn't gonna that's, do that. That's how I describe you to people. Mimi Hayes, mad impressive. <laughs> that should be like, you know, like <laughs> your book. Mimi Hayes, mad impressive. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. That's going to be my review of your next book. Thank you. Man, Mimi Hayes, mad impressive. Yeah. Especially, especially uh, page 69. <laughs> that's uh-huh. dedica- dedicated, dedicated to me to because I'm forever 13. Uh-huh. No, I mean, that was the end of my hockey career. And, you know, I just, I was like, yeah, so I'm not, I'm moving on. You know, I'm not meant to do that. A- a- you know? Acceptance. You know, I think acceptance is key. We process this stuff. Look, when we say process, like you got to sit in these feelings. Mm-hmm. It It's not fun. It's not. It sucks, right? Let it suck for a little bit. So then it feels good for the rest of your life, you know? And like, again, it's not going to, it doesn't feel good to not be able to play hockey, Right. But it feels good knowing, hey, I, I can't do that and I'm not going to be able to do that. So you like, you know that. What can I do? I can do all these other things that bring me so much joy. So like, let's focus on those things instead of like the one thing that you can't, you know, mm-hmm. and and some people out there. And I know because I get the messages. Well, I can't walk. and There's nothing funny about that. OK, yeah, no, you get those messages. I do. Really? I do. And people like get mad at me. Like, you know, you have nothing to complain about because you can walk. I'm like, well, first off. My trauma is my trauma. Your trauma is your trauma. Mimi, your trauma is your trauma. We all have our own. We cannot compare, you know, mm. like I, I'm, I'll mention Noreen all the time. She had her stroke at two and a half. She's never known what it's like to feel one inside of her body. She hypes me up mm-hmm. when I'm down. She emotionally is significantly better than I, I might ever be in recovery. You mm-hmm. know, we can't compare. You know, she has every right to feel a certain way, but she chooses. This is a choice. She chooses to live a happier, fun going, healthy life. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I think we all should do. And that's what I try to do. That's why I try to like it's might not feel easy coming from me because I am physically, you know, a lot better off than a lot of us. Some people who aren't, it's hard to hear that from me. Mm-hmm. But it's not just me. Look at somebody like Noreen, who like physically she wasn't as blessed as me. She is still killing it every single day. She sent me the funniest dog video this morning. It just made me like so happy when I talk to her. It's always like, you know, you're doing great mates. And you got to like, I just love Noreen. So it's really choice. And I think that's like the whole point of what we, you know, or we're getting into today. Choose to be different. Choose to be better. Choose a better life for us because we have a second chance at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we don't want to go down these dark holes. Oh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> Name of my next my well not gonna say it I'm yeah. an adult not saying that not going there Mimi Hayes Mimi I I I am always a blessed just to be around you I'm so thankful like you you like live here mm-hmm. it just blows my mind that you're like right here you're here you're here like you're here mm-hmm. it's so weird she's so small I'm so thankful and also I I really want to thank everybody out there for thanking me. Or not thanking me for uh, um, congratulating me that Mimi lives here. Mm-hmm. It, it, it means the world to me <laughs> that <laughs> she had this major move in life. But you guys are treating me like it was me. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love that. Well, that has nothing to do with you. Who cares? Who cares about what's going on with you? You know, <laughs> the fact that you're here. It's all about me. Arrogant Joe. I'm, I'm just really uh, uh, thankful that, you know, you were you took my message <laughs> and we talked and we became friends and mm-hmm. you're going to be the best man at my wedding. I'm really thankful. Prepare. No, to, I'm, you better not. You better go to the bathroom before I tell the speech. OK, because you're going to piss your pants laughing and then cry. I, I, that's going to be how good I, it is. If I'm not moist in my crotchal region, <laughs> I, I want to do over. 
And if you guys think I'm joking, I am absolutely not. I've never been more serious about anything in my life. So I'm so I'm also just side note. I'm also just always so bitter that I I never get to do the speech part because I'm such a wild card of a friend. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm a professional. Okay? You're, the, you're the Charlie from like, it's always sunny. You're the wild card. Yeah. But wild I, card. But I'm always going to deliver. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Even, even if even if your mind goes somewhere else, you're going to come right back on track Always gonna and answer. you're going to acknowledge it and be like, hey, guys, I don't know what the hell happened there, but I'm back. Oh, my God. No, I'm just I'm ready. You I'm are. Ready. You, you are. You you were born ready. What, are you an action hero? I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Mimi Hayes, how would the people find you? Oh, you can find me on the streets of Los Angeles. <laughs> you can actually. Um, you can find her bar hopping, walking around <laughs> on those little scooters. I like to go on those little, little lime scooters. Um, uh, you can find me at Mimi Hayes Brain on the Instagrams and the TikToks and the, the Twitters. Definitely check out Mimi's Facebook. TikTok. She's fucking hilarious. Um, you can watch my TED Talk. Woo! Yes, uh, it's called laughter is not the best medicine. No, Mimi, I said this and I'll say it a million times. Medicine is the best medicine. <laughs> so if you put that into YouTube, laughter is not the best medicine. It will pop right up. Uh, do not engage with the negative trolls in the comments or do. It's up to you. Um, my book is called I'll Be Okay. It's just a hole in my head. It's very funny. Yes, it is. And if you want to come see me perform, I'll be in Edinburgh this year in August Woo! and performing. Scotland. I'll be in Scotland. Yeah, and she'll be uh, uh, making that noise with her uh, face. Great. I hope you don't do that. It's not going to be good for the locals. Are you, you're just going to name things, right? <laughs> William Wallace. <laughs> Sassanak. What? Sassanak. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Get out of here. Outlander is the best. Oh, my God. Sexiest show in the world. I've heard that. Do I seem like the type of person I'm gonna get you who wants to watch the We're gonna sexiest show? We're going to watch it right show? after this. I, I just watched uh, Alexander Skarsgård on Atlanta, which, by the way, the most unreal episode, the the season finale. Okay, don't spoil I'm not, it. A season three, Alexander Skarsgård's in it. it Skarsgård. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> I said it like I would attempt to spell it wrong. <laughs> so it will destroy your brain. Oh wow! What happens in that What's episode? Left of it, you mean? I don't even understand. At the end of it, Felice and I are looking at each other like. I don't. I don't know what happens. Wow! Like this entire season, several times, it's been like. I don't I don't understand what's going on here. I love it. I'm on this journey, but I have no idea what's going on. I love it. So definitely reach out to Mimi in any way, shape or form. She is amazing. She is definitely one of those people that you reach out and she will connect. Unlike some of those other jerks out there. No, I mean, I'm being a dick. I don't want to be a dick. You can attempt to reach out to my tiny, beautiful ass kicking co-host Lauren at Lauren El Manzano on Instagram. You can absolutely reach out to me at Joseph Rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us at the Neuro Nerds everywhere on this ha 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 <laughs> we should laugh much more than we cry we should smile much more than we frown right Mimi any last words to the people are we scatting I don't know skit, I was just doing skit. that in the beginning so I thought <laughs> skiddly middly skit scat <laughs> on that weird for some reason we're scatting note <laughs> these neuro nerds are out, out. oh Nailed it! <laughs> Mimi, hey! Skittle-a-bop-bop-a-doo!
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the NeuroNerds on the Apple Podcast app today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.